Joe presents Swanee's Cricket Show, together with Rubicon. to episode four of Swanee's Cricket Show here We're on back. Joe, together with Rubicon. I'm Nick Bright. This handsome devil is Graham Swan. Oh Come on, Swanee. Swanee. Let's get in it. Let's get in it. Here we go. As we continue talking about the World Cup and the Ashes on the show, of course. Oh, Hello, mate. Oh, it's good to be back. Although, I'm not going to lie, it's been a bit of a rain-soaked week. In, I've quite enjoyed it, to be honest. I've Why? quite enjoyed it. Well, because... A lot of people moan it. A lot of people say, oh, my God, this is a fast. Cricket World Cup's been ruined by all the rain. There's 60-odd games in the group stages. We've lost three. We are English, so you get a lot of people saying, what a joke. What a bloody joke. It's too wet. But, you know, we've lost a couple of games. They've not been that important. And we've still seen some good cricket. So the bad weather's gone now. The forecasters. Yes. Yeah, they tell me it's going to be great. We've got a month of good weather. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. So I'm not a doom and gloomer. Right, let's get back to the cricket, though, because yep. there's been a couple of big games over uh, the last few days. England's destruction of the West Indies. Come but on. You were at uh, Old Trafford. I heard you on, uh, on TMS talking yeah. about the India-Pakistan game. Now, the first question that I wanted to ask you is, what was the atmosphere like in the ground? Yeah, well, put it this way, India-Pakistan is, in real terms, one of the biggest sporting things in the world. Because it doesn't happen that often anymore, and the political tensions aside, this is a massive game, and the, the whole world stopped. And the whole world, it seemed, descended on Manchester. So w- when you uh, commentate there, you park in the, in the football ground, and everywhere you look, teeming with Pakistan flags, with Indian shirts. Who made those Indian shirts? They must be minted. <laughs> Every, I reckon there's been about six billion. How many people in the world? Seven billion? I reckon six billion people have got Indian one-day shirts with Kohli on the back. <laughs> Everywhere and just the noise and the Vuvuzelas play and people driving around in cars. It was carnival type atmosphere though, but it was massive. I've got a number here: more than seven hundred thousand applications for tickets. I mean, that's unbelievable, isn't it? I, I can't imagine. I mean, cause, mainly because I'm not a player and I've never been that yeah. talented to do anything like that. But I can't imagine that many people worshiping you. You know, not only but, wanting to get to the game, but in your own home countries yeah. as well. But the weird thing is, as well, like when the game started, you could sense that. You could definitely in the air. It was like, wow, this is a big deal, this game. India just rose to it. Yeah. They loved it. They puffed their chest out. You could see Virat Kohli was loving every minute of it. Pakistan didn't. They sort of tried to tiptoe themselves into the game. Their spinners, who were so good, were nervous by the full tosses. And that's why they got hammered in the end. Yeah, I mean, it, it would have been nice if it was like a real close game, yeah. you know, just for the tension factor and all the rest of it. But you, you've played in India. Yeah. Just give us, you know, non-cricketers here, a, a taste of what it's like playing in a country where this sport is massive. Yeah, it's bigger than football in England by such a degree it's ridiculous. So when these players go to hotels, the hotel in like a small town, you play one-day series, you go round the country... You fly into a place, we went to a place called Indoor, and they just, they were finishing the hotel, which as you got there, they were still painting the walls, and like everyone had their own individual room and everything. There was a crowd of 5,000 people outside all night. So if you open your curtains, they go, Aah! and then you'd be sure <laughs> it'd stop. And I, was, I still remember, I think it was Samit Patel all night, it was just going, Aah! 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 <laughs> just for a laugh. Yeah, it is bonkers over there. The Indian cricketers are that famous. When I played in New York a few years ago, it was the same thing. Times Square, there were like 5,000 Indian fans around this hotel as soon as they got wind that he was there, all expats. And then NYPD were called in the next day. So they're doing like a human chain. They don't have a clue what's going on with these coppers. And one of them stopped me and he went, hey, buddy, who is this guy? <laughs> I went, that's Sachin Tendulkar. Yeah? I said, he's like 
the biggest thing in cricket. He's like the Michael Jordan of cricket, if you will. He goes, eh, I thought he'd be fucking taller. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. That was my next question, because there's the celebrity, you know, factor for people like Tendulkar and now yeah. Virat Kohli, MS Dhoni, you know, in, in India. Have you witnessed that? Have you seen kind of like the... I mean, other than the, the example you've just given, in India, have you seen kind of the hubbub around someone like yeah, Kohli massive. or Dhoni? Yeah, massive. I mean, Sachin Tendulkar once flew commercially with us. So the teams hire... Teams don't do it, but the Indian Cricket Board, when you tour, they charter a jet. And so the two teams and all the press fly on the same jet between cities. And the Indian players are all at the front playing. The England players are back by the bogs. Right. That's actually how it works. It's quite a nice touch, actually. Um, so when they come, we give them a real shitty coach with everything, with a toilet that didn't work and everything. The driver has to stop with a plunger every 20 miles. Um, but Sachi never went through the airports. And you think, oh, he's bigger than the game, sort of giving it large. He's not, because the one time he had to do it, the airport shut down, because even the people working at the desk, they can't be bothered. They were just like desperately trying to touch him and really? trying to get close to him. Yeah, so normally he's just cruising on a little G4. <laughs> yeah, oh, there he goes. It's actually come a, come a lift. Right. We should get our guest on, I think. I think we should. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited yeah. about this as well. I love this man. Again, I'm looking forward to hearing some stories from you both. So each week we have a guest with us on the show. And speaking of India, actually, this man made 88 against India in his oh, test yeah, debut for England. Did. It's the former Middlesex and England star, Owe Shari. Oh, Did you notice straight away the size of Oasis' hands? These are the biggest <laughs> hands in the game, mate. Hang on, didn't you say that about Monty? No, last Monty's week? got the longest He's hands. He's got the longest fingers. Monty's got really? freaky fingers, Jeez. but this man's hand, born for batting, and just like. <laughs> well, I reckon we should just jump straight in. You know, you played for England in all three forms. What's your favourite? It's got to be Test cricket, hands down. As why, much why, as I on. love the fact that, you know, 2020 has come along in the last, what, 15 years or so. And it's really exciting and I love it. But the ultimate dream of any kid is playing test cricket. I mean, this man will tell you, I mean, he's been successful in all forms of the game for England. And it's just that, that feeling you get when you walk out, you, you know, you put your test cap on and you, you walk out, especially at, say, at Lord's. Yeah. There's no other feeling that comes close to it. It's weird. But it yeah. actually, I mean, it's a slow game. Jesus, it's, it goes for five days, especially when you're chasing leather. But it's just, it's something about it. The buzz around a test match, you can't compare it to anything. It's lovely to hear that, isn't it? It's, it's, do you know what? It's, it's interesting to hear it just because, you know, one of the questions that I want to ask you both, actually, you can both jump in on this, is what do you make of this argument of, you know, the fact that young kids playing cricket yeah. now are, are looking at test uh, cricket as boring and 2020s Well, I get it, if you, because if you've never been introduced to it as a kid, if you've never played it, I get why you'd think that. Mm. I was just thinking, like, 15 years' time, if we sat down with, this, with like equivalent players in 15 years' time and asked them whether they'd go, oh, yeah, test cricket, like Grandad used to play. <laughs> and, they, and they might do, but honestly, they miss out something. I know very few players who are still playing the game because mm. I don't know many of these kids who've grown up personally who don't think Test cricket's the ultimate and want to play Test cricket. There'd be one or two who sold their souls to the devil and, like, fly off playing World 2020. But they get caught up in a rock and roll world of <laughs> sex, booze and drugs and stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lesson we learned there, children. The 40 pieces of silver sells your soul. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's get, let's get some stories then, because you two have played together, you've, you've kind of grown up together and stuff. Oh, Ace, we'll start with you. What, yeah. What's your memories of, of Swanee in the, in the dressing room and, and in the game? Swanee, Swanee, Swanee. I'll tell you what, it was more the fact that I used to use Swanee, especially when we used to tour. 
You know, it doesn't matter where you're touring. It could be the best place in Australia, South Africa, or somewhere pretty dull like, I don't know, Zimbabwe or maybe India, you know, you're sort of locked in your rooms. But it was, it was always a time in your tour, touring days that, you know, you might feel a bit down or something, and it was always the guy to go to, to, like, just to lift the spirits up and just crack jokes or, go on, Swanee, do, do me an impression of Bumble or something, something <laughs> like that. I don't know. And that would, you know, just, just lift you up. You see you saying this, but I used to do the same in their ways. Because this man does the best Vivian Richards, not, uh, not verbally, but, like, physically batting. When he used to play for Middlesex, he does the... Yeah. the we used to do impressions all the time. He used to do the like pushing the top handle down, and he'd be fielding yeah. for Middlesex, and I'd be on the balcony going. And we, and this is just during a county game, game, a proper game, yeah. and we're just doing, we're just acting like clowns. So just pissing around. Yeah. So that's right. why I used to use Swanee, like just to lift me up and you know put a smile on my face and things like that. Well, well a lot of that is like because you played under 19s together, so you get like a bond with players who are other counties, don't mm. you? So going through, I always remember Stephen Peters who played with us as well, yeah. Pedro, great lad, really top boy. And I played against Worcester one year when he was playing there, and he caught me at slip on the half volley. It was blatant. And I lost my, sh- <laughs> lost my shit walking off with the umpire. I was like, you're giving me out on that. That's blatantly not out. <laughs> and I walked off. I kicked the gate, and I, I swore at some, a member of Worcester. I think I got a letter of complaint and everything put in. And it made it worse that it was Pedro. It was my mate who claimed it. <laughs> and I went and sat outside the pavilion like this about 20 minutes later. He was on the far side of the ground. And he can see me looking at him. And he starts, <laughs> he's feeling there, and he keeps going... <laughs> oh, and like picking the grass out, he's going, <laughs> <laughs> laughing his head off. And it was brilliant, but I wanted to kill him. I was like, Pedro, I'll kill you! <laughs> and he walked out and goes, oh, seriously, though, it only went in one hand, so one hand, one bounce counts. I was like, you little... <laughs> right, uh, take me back to your early days growing up in Pakistan. You know, how was street cricket, which is massive there, responsible mm. for your progression? Yeah, it's huge. Um, look, born and raised in Pakistan, I was up to the age of eight. I didn't come to England. And typically, my day would sort of look like, you know, you go to school, you come back by, say, 1 o'clock. It's pretty hot by then. <laughs> so you sort of have a, have a little snooze or something. Then you do your homework. And by four, between 4 till 6, you're out just playing street cricket. We used to live in flats. So literally, the road down, you know, underneath the flats, people would block off the roads, the guys. The older guys would organise something so that they could block off the road. And we just literally play street cricket. And if a car wanted to go past, the game would stop, almost like these big bollards would be moved... Then the car would go and then we would block it off again. And that's, that's how I was brought up playing street cricket. Rules are if you hit it on the leg side in that house, it's two runs. If you hit yeah. it there, you're out. <laughs> you know, and, things like there that. Must have, there must have been four through the offside, offside risk because yeah. he was such a good driver of the ball. So, and things like that. And, and, it's, and it's actually weird when he says that. So I used to play cricket. Then I'll come upstairs. I'll have my dinner. And then I'll play corridor cricket. Uh, from about, say, 9 o'clock till 10 o'clock. And in that, it was a tiny little corridor, and my bowl, mate would bowl tennis ball spin, and I would actually practice. You would, I mean, the rules of the game were if you hit the ball on the, on the floor on the wall, you're out. So without realising, you're actually practising not getting out bat pad. Yeah. And that sort of Good helped me a lot later yeah. on in my career. Because people said, oh, you can play spin quite well. And I thought, well, I never had extra training to play spin. Seriously, though. And dress- all I did when was dress- that. When dressing room cricket came round, yeah. Oasis was untouchable. Really? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I did no, it as a kid. You, you could spin it square yeah. both ways. Yeah. You'd be going, how's he doing this? <laughs> how's he doing so, it? So that's what I used to do. So it's, it's weird, you know, just growing up that way. And then when I moved to England, I joined a cricket club and that's when I got introduced to proper cricket, hardball cricket. You know, as obviously went through the ranks, so obviously our parts crossed me, what, 12, 13? First time I played away as the under-13 club finals championship, Sherbourne School. That's it, yeah. I was playing for lovely Horton House. And what club Wickham were you? Wickham House, I was Wickham playing. House, yeah. Yeah. And he was fast. 
Could, I remember <laughs> involving fast in swingers. He could bat, obviously. Yeah. Uh, the year before, I played David Sales at the same thing, and David Sales could hit the ball further than a man at 13. <laughs> yeah. But he was a size for a man, to be fair. <laughs> and the next year, I faced his, I thought he was Wacker Eunice. So <laughs> mate, this kid, and he still had a Pakistani accent as well, he could speak English. But, <laughs> and it was like, this Wacker Eunice, I'm telling I've just been bowled by Wacker Eunice. <laughs> Rapid. Yeah, it was crazy. There's so many lovely things about that story that you just told, though, you know, the fact that playing cricket in the corridor, the road getting closed, and because. Cricket is so big in, mm. in Pakistan. I can just imagine nobody's losing their temper that the road's been closed. You know, if it was here and you, you yeah. closed the road, someone would be like, what's going on? Oh, yeah. what's go- oh sorry, yeah. it's cricket. Actually, yeah. it's cricket, lads. But yeah. out there, it's probably just like, oh, playing cricket. Oh, no, it's accepted. You know, the car yeah. will stop and it will be moved and then the car will go along. And we'll possibly even sometimes stop for like two or three minutes, a few yeah. cars go and then... Cricket's going on. Because then those, those drivers probably grew up playing street cricket. Exactly. Anyway. And they know exactly what, yeah. you know... And they look after the kids as well. Look after the kids. Yeah. The kids... I believe the kids are our future. <laughs> well, let them lead the way. You know, <laughs> Father's Day is finished, mate. Before yeah. we talk about your debut, I just wanted to ask you myself the main differences you noticed when you, you came to England between kind of cricket in Pakistan that you were used to playing and then kind of how it was received and how it's played in England. Can you remember that part of your life? Well, I'll tell you what, the biggest culture shock for me was when I moved over when I was eight. We lived in a house and right outside the house, obviously a road, and then there was this little field. Sort of little green, a, a little yeah, green, green almost, yeah. yeah. And I thought, oh, perfect cricket, yeah. right? No ball games allowed. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the hell is that all about? I know. So even Are you listening, Harringay Council. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And it so we we ignored it, and I would cool, try and yeah. get on there, and there would be these uh, people who would be living it coming out, going, "Have you not read the sign?" Not... And we're like, <laughs> "I know. Are you are you for serious? Where yeah. am I going to go and play that cricket or mad. football or whatever?" That was the biggest culture shock. Wow. Coming to England in terms of cricket, I guess. Look, I really learned all my cricket with a hard ball in England, so I didn't really know much different to what I was taught. It was more about having certain heroes uh, growing up, obviously Pakistani heroes like Javed Miandad or Imran Khan and people like that. And then as I got older. Obviously, I played at Middlesex, so you had Gatting, Rampakash, people like that were a bit of a hero. And then getting into sort of first-class cricket and obviously international cricket, started looking at more like Viv Richards or Sachin Tendulkar. Those kind of guys were my heroes. So the heroes sort of changed as the more and more time I sort of spent there. But I think that was the biggest difference was the fact that the culturally... You know, you can't... I can't believe that. It, it has to be very me. Structural. Is that made anyone else angry? <laughs> no, but we should... We yeah, should, but that we was very structural. You should run for government, you know? you're anything... Ball games allowed. Ball games allowed everywhere. Yeah. Ball games allowed. Yeah, in was... fact, that makes more sense than most of the politicians these days. It, just, it was just really bizarre. Bollocks to Brexit, ball games allowed. <laughs> <laughs> Vote Graham. Right, your debut. 17 yeah. years old. You're in the dressing room with the likes of Gatting, Ramprakash, Fraser, Tuffers. I mean, these are big names. What were you thinking when you were in that dressing room? Were you just like, oh, I can't believe I'm, can't believe I'm sat here? <laughs> it was... You wouldn't have been faced by that, though, No, it wasn't really, because I'll tell you why. Because they weren't my growing up heroes. They were only became my heroes when I sort of joined Middlesex. Did you know about them, though? I knew about Gatting, of course, because he played international cricket. I knew a little bit about Ramps because I was compared to Ramps as an as a 11, 12-year-old. But apart from that, obviously I knew Tufnell and Fraser, but they weren't my heroes. Yeah. I didn't really worry about them, do you know what I mean? So the only guy who I knew about was Gat, but he wasn't a hero, and Rams became a bit of a hero once I started playing more and more for Middlesex. Apart from that, so they weren't my heroes, so I wasn't that fussed, I was actually loving the fact that yeah. I was quite young, but I was given an opportunity in the first team, and 
Because I was 17, I was still playing under 19s, under 18s cricket, England. And bossing it, bossing and, every game we played it, by the way. And we'd all sort of meet up to play these games. And some of the guys weren't fortunate enough to play first team cricket, but I was one of the few who was. So that sort of gave you a bit of an edge mm. uh, when you, you know, joined yeah, up with the under yeah. 19s and stuff. And you go, you know, you have got some first class experience. So when England under 15s play, my brother's playing in a team, they played the under 14s in a two day game. And Oasis played in that game, we got 200. So he's playing against the England team a year above as a kid. He got a double hundred. Aaron will score now. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Because I, I was the only person who knew Oasis was. So I, I know him. <laughs> he's a, he's a wacko you. He got me out last year. <laughs> <laughs> was I'll tell you what, my, bro my brother's coming out and going, oh my God, this bloke's unbelievable. <laughs> I'll tell you a story about that. That game was a bit of a trial. No, sorry. The game before that was a bit of a trial where I didn't get picked, but instead of me, Andrew Flintoff got picked. Oh, really? But Freddie broke his thumb in the following game, and I replaced Freddie. And, and then got I got the opportunity hundred, yeah. to play the, this double hundred game. It's so funny how these things work. Yeah. And then, when I was 17, I got picked to go to West Indies, but my passport wasn't ready because I was still <laughs> qualifying for England. Because in Pakistan, so, he was still two. Right. Passport. <laughs> so, so, so guess who replaced me on that West Indies trip? Graham Swan. Andrew Flintoff. Not Freddie. <laughs> he didn't see the punches, did he? But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's bizarre, isn't it? It's bizarre. Yeah. I replaced him and then he replaced me. Yeah. It's funny how bizarre. the world works. <laughs> right, as a boy from Pakistan, yeah. your best knock for England surely must have been 100 against India. Yes and no. Go on. Because, albeit we, we, we ended up losing the, the One Day International, I tell you what, my 88 in the Test match actually carries a bit more value to me than my 100 in the One Day game. Why? Because Test cricket... Match. Because Test cricket and England went on to win the Test match and we drew the series in India, which was unheard of. Yeah. You know, we were 1-0 yeah. down going into that Test match and I only played because Alistair Cook had a bit of a deli belly the night before. So what happened, we got onto the, onto the coach. So they announced the team the night before. I'm not in it. I turn up to the ground. I'm sitting here, still, nah, I don't think I'm playing. I'm sitting in my shorts. I'm not going to do a warm-up because no one's telling me anything. And then I look here... Cookie's sitting here crying. I'm like, you're all right, mate. It's only a test match. <laughs> <laughs> He's not going that quick. No. Yeah. You only got 102 test matches. Yeah. Like, You'll be all right, mate. He goes, no, I'm not playing. And, um, you know, I've had a deli belly. Da, 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 da. So I'm like, oh, shit. I better grab my bag. Yeah. <laughs> I went out and had some pronouns. And then I, I prepared for the game that way. And I ended up getting 88 and we went on to win the test match. And that's the game where you heard, the, heard about Freddie singing a song at lunchtime. The ring of fire, da, da, yeah. da, da. so that was a test match. That carries more value to me than 100 against India at the Oval. What a story! Oh, what a story! Oasis oh, right. also, I've got to throw this in, did the funniest acceptance speech I've ever heard in my life. When we won the Under-19 World, World Cup, Cup. <laughs> in South Africa, Oasis was captain, we won the final. We, honestly, we, we had a six-week tour of South Africa oh, beforehand. God. And let's just say this team we had had a lot of individuals in it, a lot of spirit. Yeah. We were unmanageable, basically. Yeah. Our manager said to us at one point, we give up with you lot, do yeah. what you want. Train yourselves, decide what you want, because you don't listen to a bloody word we yeah. say. And so this rather, is true. Rather than us all going, oh, shit, sorry, coach, we all went, all right. <laughs> and so we basically, we ran ourselves, and we won this World Cup on the back of it. But, I mean, let's face it, we weren't the best team, but we got a bit of luck along the way. Got in the final, and we absolutely annihilated New Zealand. And afterwards, I always picked up the trophy, 
and in his words, we were so bubbly, so excited. Just went, I just want to thank New Zealand, you know, for coming along, but we dealt with them. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. it just went, Cheers, mate. <laughs> and we're, honestly, we stood there ready for a boring, politically correct, you know. You know, we couldn't have done it. We got to thank New Zealand. They were no, great no. and real competitors. And and, and but we dealt with them. <laughs> and it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate now they use that speech to do media <coughs> training for the under 19s. No now. way. How not no to way. accept the World Cup if you end up winning it? I just, I just remember tears streaming over on the bus. We go, we dealt with them. Just... <laughs> like, it was a bizarre talk. We didn't care. Like, to give you an example, oh. like when, the, when the coach and the manager went, look, you know what, you guys are unmanageable. Our warm-ups, right, would be not you know, a jog and a stretch. We literally go for a little jog about 20, 30 yards. Everyone would sit down in a circle and we just have a sit-down stretch for 25 minutes. That's all we yeah. used to do. There'll be little drills that you know, this don't work for me. We're doing this because someone's watching while they are. And we, we wipe them out. So we're getting probably stretched. We sat down doing a full stretch, but just telling stories and building bonds and getting a better team spirit by doing it. Yeah, it it was it, it absolutely worked. And yet, we've not been put in charge of the England team yeah. yet. I well, mean, they, that's they, There's still time, fellas. There's still They're time. They're not winning right. the World Cup yet. If they don't win the World Cup, we need the job. Yeah. Hang fire. <laughs> because we got so much... I knew this was going to be a good show. Uh, right, you are watching and listening to Swanee's Cricket Show here on Joe, together with Rubicon. We'll be here each week during the World Cup and the Ashes, of course. Now, don't forget, uh, you can watch and download some of our other shows, uh, including TKO with Carl Frampton and House of Rugby. Uh, that's with James Haskell. Really good show if you've not checked that out. This week, the Rugby Boys have a best-of edition with Olympic champion Ben Ryan. Go on, Ben. And then a mate said to me on Twitter, do you fancy you know, Fiji jobs available? It came through Twitter? Yeah, it came through Twitter originally, yeah. And they said, like, let's have a Skype interview at 2 in the morning and then 2, 2.33, 3.30, and no-one had called. And, you know, if you've been to Fiji, I know you haven't been, but it's Fiji time, right? No hurry, no there. worry, you know? And so eventually 4 o'clock, it fires up and they just project my face onto 35 Gordon Street at the CEO's back wall. Everyone's kind of peering in, asking if I knew Johnny Wilkinson, if I'd met the Queen, kind of serious questions, really. Did they give you the job then and there? Or did they no, back so I got on the Fiji Times website to have a look and see a bit more about Fiji, and the first bit was the CEO that just interviewed me had been sacked immediately after my, my interview. <laughs> right. So that was that. And then two weeks later, I'm in, a, I'm in Jamie Oliver's in Richmond, and we're out having dinner. Plus 679, which is Fiji, I pick it up and say, hi, and said, hi, this is Berlin Kafoa. I'm the acting chief executive of the Fiji Rugby Union. We've got a press conference in 20 minutes. So I said, OK, that's great. What's it about? I said, to appoint you as a new sevens coach. That's Ben Ryan on House of Rugby this week. Oh, this Benny. is Swan's well Cricket Show. I'm Nick Bright, along with Graham Swan and former England batsman O.S. Sharp. These two have got stories for days. Uh, right, let's dig into some World Cup issues. <laughs> I can't take him seriously. Let's dig into some World Cup issues. How good were India? First of all, they're led by my favourite human being on the planet at the minute, Virat Kohli. He is transcending what a normal cricketer's like. He's using his position in India as a superstar amongst people and a role model for good. And, for, and I'll tell you why. He walked off the field yesterday. Well, Not only did he do that. the Steve Smith thing when he went to the crowd and said, stop booing, clap him, which is great, because, you know, I hate the booing of people. Yep, it's boorish, yep, yep. it's pathetic, it's Brexit, it's horrible. But this was even more... Because I've always hated non-walkers. I've had an argument with every batsman in the game. No, no, you should wait for the umpire. It's the umpire's job. It's cheating, I think. Well, if you nick it and you stand there, you know you've nicked it, you know you're out, and if you use the excuse, I'm letting the umpire decide whether I am or not, you're still cheating. You're cheating yourself more than anything else. Virat walked off, and yet it turned out he didn't even hit it. Yeah, exactly. Which, so he's that honest, 
He's giving himself out when he's even not. <laughs> you, 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 no, he is, honestly, he's a modern-day Jesus. You were on commentary, and I think the clip that I watched that you were yeah. talking about it, and, and there is a sound. Well, I, I'll always maintain that you know if you've hit it. I've never nicked a ball and didn't know I'd hit it. Apparently, it's the handle of his bat clicking. Yeah, but you know, sometimes it's corking out, and it can sometimes click and stuff like that. But if he thinks he's out and walks out, I mean, Oasis is about it. Oasis didn't walk. Yeah, I was going to... Well, that, that was a bit of a well, nice thing. Because have sometimes, when I, especially when I played Graham, he'd, he'd appeal it. How was that when he knows clearly it's not out? <laughs> when the board's outside the line, but, hey, that's not cheating. No, 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 right? no I never did that. <laughs> I, I but I, if I nick it, because I'm waiting for the umpire to make a decision, apparently that's cheating. <laughs> I'd always appeal if I thought it was out. I was clever in my appealing, because yeah. I'd stop. If, if I started appealing, I'd stop and go, that's not out, is it? I'm sorry about that. So I'd never go a massive appeal when it wasn't out because you're messing yourself up. Yeah, and so there you... is kidology involved. Yeah, he's dead right. But I didn't do it to cheat. I did it because bowlers are an honest lot. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. let's just get back to it. Walking. I think honestly, if the whole world walked, mm. like you've got a son now growing up, and like mm. my boy's eight as well. If I went to watch him play school cricket and he walked off, I'd be proud of him. If I went to watch him and he started chirping and having to go at the opposition, I'd be disgusted with him. And if you man cadding anyone, I'd disown him. He'd go to the orphanage. Say if you don't walk, right? Say if an England player didn't walk, if something similar happened. Yeah. Do you get bollocked in the changing room for, the, for no. something like that? No, no. you wouldn't. Yeah, it's, it's, it'd be left up to you. I remember Andrew Flintoff once, because I said... I, I, I was always quite vociferous about walking. When people were having to go at Stuart Broad, they said, oh, all of a sudden you, you don't... You don't think that walking's a bad thing. So yes, I do. Broadie knows he should have walked up. But he doesn't. He, he's come out with saying, I don't walk. The Australians don't walk. So... Mm. I, and I remember Andrew Flintoff being asked in a press conference, said, uh, oh, if you don't walk, it'd have to deal with me in the changing room. I'd have welcomed it. He could have batted the shit out of me. He would have done. He's massive. But <laughs> morally, oh, you're not really a cheat. <laughs> no, I'm not. If everyone just walked off the field, if there was no need for it, because every game I ever played that got nasty and, and horrible, and if you ever played league cricket or watched league cricket, always it would be something like that, someone nicking the ball, not walking. Even though it's... People who are then having to go in will do the same thing. It turns nasty and personal and horrible. And I don't think it's, it's called for. So if everyone just walked off, then the world would be a fair place and Brexit wouldn't be happening. <laughs> so would so you have walked Anyway, yeah. No, I probably wouldn't have. But I wasn't really a walker. I wasn't a walker. But saying that, sometimes I have walked in my career, but generally I was not, not a walker. I always used to do one thing that was amazing, by the way. So he used to be deemed quite arrogant as a batsman because he knew he was good, but he was idiosyncratic. I think that's fair to say. He did things that no one else had done. <laughs> Never forget under 19 crew playing in South Africa. Do you remember Bodie? Gulen Bodie. These left arm leg spinners. Anyway, he's bottom at always, and I didn't even get it on camera. So he just batted them like this. And if it is a shit ball or whatever, right, why did the officer rather than like go, leave it or whatever? Oh, he said, just carry on doing that. He go. <laughs> and wait, watch the ball get thrown round the bat, all the right of the bowler. And then he run up a bowler again, and shit again, and just go. <laughs> and honestly, you see the humiliate, the, like the bowler just go, oh, he's really taking this out of He used to make me laugh, but I'd be down the other end going, come on, mate, just hit one of them. He'd go, you've got to make me play, mate, he's got to make me play. There's a lot of mind games and stuff that goes on in cricket, though. It's one of, no, one that's of the, just funny. One of the things yeah. that I love about it, you know, even, even you know, <laughs> when you've got people at slips and the wicket keepers shouting stuff to the bowler to get in the batsman's head. Yeah, and, but see, that's know, funny. That. They do that and they're talking about it and they're taking a the piss over. That's, that is proper cricket. That's funny. 
David Nash, who you played oh, for Middlesbrough. Nash yeah. is one of the funniest blokes yeah. I've ever played with. You know, cricket wouldn't be cricket if you didn't have yeah. those sort of sledges or those little, you know, little dig at your mate. Who, you know, you, you know you're very well, yeah. you're a good mate, but obviously when you're playing against yeah. each other, you yeah. want him out. Yeah. I'm sure Swanee wanted yeah. him out. But that, that's funny when yeah. it's done properly, but when yeah. it's just abuse, you're an asshole. That doesn't work. It's just like <laughs> abuse. We're going to do a full, a full show on sledging um, in the next few weeks, so okay. I'm looking forward okay. to hearing some stories. Right, better 100. Rohit Sharma or Joe Root? Oh. Right, Sharma. Right, Sharma. Why? Uh, the situation of the game. It was a bigger game. England West yeah. Indies, we'd rolled them for 200 on a belt and wicket. It was freezing cold. The windows just weren't at the, then, weren't at the races. Then, that yeah. game, India Pakistan, I said it. There was a palpable sense of big oh, game yeah. atmosphere at that. And that was a big occasion yesterday. No, massive. But and I, I, he, he, he basically, the world class in him came out, roast the occasion. Him and Virat Kohli yesterday were unbelievable. Because you've got to remember, cricket, it's not just... When the game goes at that level, it's not about how well his cover drive yeah, is or yeah. how well he... It's about 95% mental. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if you talk to some of the greats of the game, like especially Indians or Pakistani greats of the game, they all talk about that bloody Pakistan game or that Indian game. I was a yeah. bit nervous, mate. But you're like, yeah, but it's it wasn't the, yeah. even the final, mate. No, mate. It was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It is. Like this, this, the is a day, they, this is a day that was going to define their lives. In your career, you'll have four or five days that define your entire career. Like I always said about his test debut, that's, it defines his career, that 200 you got as a 15-year-old. These are, sometimes you know that that day is about to happen. Yesterday, those players knew that this is potentially a career-defining day. Yeah. And Rohit Sharma has just sealed, sealed that as an absolute... Genius day to remember for him and his family and his and legacy that will lead on. It was amazing. Yeah, Rohit's having a good World Cup so far. I've um, got him in the sweepstake as well with the BBC. The Probably win £2.50. The reason I was just trying to butt in is because on our first episode, you said you're quite fancied as an outside bet, the West Indies. Are you, yep. you still sticking with that? No, I'm not. Right. <laughs> I'm not only because um, they've just lost too many games now. They should have beaten that Australian team. Mm. I fancied, sort of, not the bit part players, that's a bad thing to say, they're lesser-known players like Poran. I thought he'd have a, a better World Cup. He's batting nicely, he's just not putting the runs on the board. And their bowlers, aside from the Pakistan game, they haven't got a plan B. OK, well, let's focus some attention on England. Big news, we're going to be missing Jason Roy for two games. Yeah. Is that a big, big miss for you, or do you think we can cope without him? I think we can cope without him. Ideally, he'd play, because he's brilliant. And that 100 and whatever he got at Cardiff showed how good he is. Mm. But if it gives James Vince a chance to get in the team... He give himself the belief in himself because he is mm. mustard. Very good. That kid. Jeez, bloody hell. He's Very good. mustard. And everyone who's played against him just goes, wow, this kid's like the best player. And you know what? Had. That's the reason I think England can go on to win the World Cup because of the depth we yeah. have. You just heard Swanee say, Roy's going to get replaced by this guy who he's just said he's amazing. We haven't been in a situation, in, especially in a World Cup, to be able to do that ever before. And that's why the depth in our squad is ridiculous. And that's why I reckon we have got the best chance ever to win the World Cup. Right, I think it's about time we uh, got Rocket in. For Go a on then, Rocket. Yeah, so, Rocket, get on in here. Get on in here. Oh, oh, oh. Come on, Rocket. Hey, man. So, I'm good. The I'm fastest good. quiz master in the game. So, hell, fast. So, Rocket has been doing a minute with last week. Um, it was with Monty Panasar, of course. He spoke about his love for homes under the hammer. What will Oishar talk about? Um, right, a minute with Rocket. Right. Oasis time starts now. Cricket World Cup. England. The Oval. Batting Paradise. Sledging. Love it. Best bowler. Graham Swan. Best batter. Graham Swan. Hey. Best, best ever cricketer. Graham Swan. <laughs> Film. Uh, Shawshank Redemption. TV programme. Homeland. Music. R&B. Song. Uh, Any song. Pass. You can pass. Pass. Animal. Uh, lion. Car. 
Aston Martin. Food. Steak and chips. Crisps. Uh, McCoy's. Cartoon. Tom and Jerry. Holiday destination. Barbados. Best feature. Oh, um, smile. Worst feature. None. Yeah. Hobby. <laughs> uh, Ten seconds. A hobby. Uh, fitness. Scared of. Five. Uh, three, two. Go on. Losing, losing everything. Losing. That's oh, it. That's it. Time. time over for the main man. Cheers, that's hard. Oh. Under the pump. I know. Under it is. Hell. Hell. Right, before we get out to, <laughs> to bat fast, I can't believe you can think of one R&B tune. Well, uh, uh, you know what I thought you were going to say? Girl, if it's all right. Let's go get it on tonight. and get it on tonight. Yeah. <laughs> you know when you've got so many songs and you're like... Or Tony Braxton. What the fuck's that What was called? that, Tony Braxton? <laughs> <laughs> you're making... That's an old song. Yeah. Right, I know lads, come on, let's get out to back fast. Come on, come on, come on. Let's get out to back fast. What you got? I'll always think of you inside of my private thoughts. I can't remember Right, we're in the Batfast area. What have we got today? So yesterday, Pakistan versus India. Today, we're going to recreate Cool Deep's ball versus Baba. Some people are saying it's the best ball of the tournament. It wasn't the best ball of the century, though, because I bowled that. <laughs> to Ricky Ponting, I think, wasn't it? There we go. That was the one. Shane warns his last century. This is mine. But, but, before... But, Shane. Before you two face a delivery from each other, which, because we've been doing that yeah. every week, I wanted to get the other bat fast guy over. Gaz, get over here. Oh, get, get over here. Oh, Gaz, love. Come on, Gaz, love. There's, there's a reason. This is, like, grab that. this is like, this is your life, Thank isn't you. it? Oh, Ace, do you recognise this man? No. There's actually a story, so you guys... Do you, you remember that night story? in, in Swansea? <laughs> <laughs> when I was about six years old, I was at Lords watching Middlesex with my auntie, who was a member, and you hit a six, and the ball came and hit me on the arm. No way! Yeah, and I was worried that it was broken. It wasn't broken. But obviously I was six and made a bit of a meal of it, and you came over after the game and came and chatted to me and my auntie for about ten minutes. So. Oh, wait, sure. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, He's actually here to sue. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> and the worst thing is, on, on the cusp of signing a medical for his cricket dream, <laughs> yeah. turned out he had a slight fracture <laughs> after all, and he failed that medical. <laughs> and now he works as, for as your auntie, you're right. Yes. And your arms are right too. Yeah, yeah, right. You have to face each other. Who wants the who wants the bowl first? Who wants the bat first? I always wanted to bowl. So what am I facing? Yeah, you're facing a Swanee delivery now. Oh god, here we go. I've gone round the park a bit with these, guys. Do I have to block you? No, no, no. You try and smack it. You ready? Two seconds. This is the same stance. He's actually fifteen years. Ready? Here we go. Come on, Swanee to Shah. Come on, Swan. Oh, he's done it. He's done it. You're kidding me. He's done it. You're kidding me. <laughs> Don't need to play <laughs> You set that up. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> Next delivery, please. <laughs> Fairly done, yes. Got your bowling now. Right, go on, then. As if I'm going to do that. I would, love, <laughs> I would love for him to bowl you out here. I would no, love well, it. Is it. I'll tell you, the one time when he was at Waka Yunus, 13-year-old. Oh, that was... Oh, that was... What a shot. That was... That was slow. Get the machine on. That, that was, was out of the ground. Shot. Right, let's get the back fast machine on then. Cool deep Yadav's delivery to Barba yesterday. Swanee, you're up first, facing it twice. Okay. Final ball, Swanee. Here we go. Get your eye in quick, mate. It's going to be a bit harder than the one you just hit. Oh, oh lovely. Straight on that slog, super Easy for him. Look at this. He's like get out of jail shot, that. Right, is it me now? Yeah. Yeah. Not bad, Swanee. Let's see if. Thanks, uh, mate. 
Oh, Ace can do better. You've talked him up a lot in this episode as well, so no pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're expecting big things now. Oh, God. I'll try. I'm looking forward to this. Here we go. You got this. Bosh. Ooh. Bat on ball. Wasn't the cleanest contact, but you no, won't have a chance. He got two, though. He's back on strike. Here we go. Lovely. Lovely. See those, you see those wrists there? Yeah? Just that. crunching it for four. We'll take that. Lovely. Right. I've done it for years. I've done it for years. Let's get back inside for some urban right. critchinery. I love it. Oh, great. We're delving into the world of Rubicon's urban critchinery. Critchinery. Uh, celebration of weird and wonderful terminology used in the world love of cricket. This bit. So we're mixing it up. And we're giving you, Swanee, uh, some cricketing terminology, and you've got to come up with a story to match. Okay. All right? So, All right. first and foremost, two types. Two types. We should refer to two types of leave. Yeah. Worst leave I ever saw Ricky Ponting in a uh, Boxing Day test match. Shoulder arms, hit straight on the pad, out. A bit of reverse swing. Not because it was a leave, but the story behind it. Uh, in the huddle, Brez has appealed. It's been given out. He's reviewed it. He needs to. It's Australia. They're losing. Last chance for the dies. Goes up on the big screen. Boom, it's hit him outside the line, but it's... And Brez goes, oh, no. We look at him and go, you what, Brez? He's hit him outside line. If you're not playing a shot, it doesn't matter. He doesn't even know that. He's an international <laughs> bowler. And Strauss went, oh, Timothy, you're playing international cricket. I think you should know the LBW rule by now. <laughs> no, seriously, you need to, need to tell umpires you're going to get crucified in press here. <laughs> Genuinely didn't know. Genuinely did not know the rules. Brez, I love you. It's a great story. Next, hands like knives. Hands like knives refers to somebody catches like this. Worst catcher in the world. We had Monty on last week. Monty, oh, Monty had hands like knives. <laughs> You, you told him as well. I did. Yeah. Gamble button. The gamble button. No, it's in, in county cricket, you press the gamble button. A four-day game. You look at the weather forecast on CFAX. Do you remember CFAX? The night before. Yeah, eight, eight, eight. Yeah. And if it was chance, well, chance of rain, 70 percent. Yeah. The team would press the gamble button and go out on the source. So no way. Yeah, no. Normally, normally, you press the gamble button. You get in in the morning. You open the curtains. Listen for cars going through puddles. If you can't hear that, you're like. <laughs> <laughs> and if it's sunny, you're just like, oh, no! No! <laughs> the best one I ever saw in Adelaide before the 2011 Ashes, we had a warm-up game, four-day game. The first three days we'd played and we were ready for the Ashes. We didn't want to play the fourth day because we had to bowl all day. It was a 100% chance of heavy rain the next day, so we all pressed the gamble button. The whole England squad pressed the gamble button we went out. In fact, that's the night when the sprinkler came out. And anyway... We turn it the next day, it's cracking flags. And we're like, oh. oh. The 11 most disgusting human beings in the world brought his second ball of the day. This black cloud appeared from nowhere and banged it down, like puddles before we got off the field. And we all ran in the changing room. The 11 most happy human beings. <laughs> <at that point. laughs> we got in the changing room, found the stereo, and one by one, people were going around doing a dance move. Got to Collie, he went, oh, do you remember that last in the night club last night about four in the morning, doing that sprinkler? <laughs> <laughs> and as he said it, like Andy Flowers behind again. Fucking time is that? <laughs> oh, I'm eating in the restaurant at about eight. Restaurant about eight. And uh, that's, uh, that's the real story behind the sprinkler. That's where it came from. How often did you have a hangover? Or, or press the gamble button? For England, you know, you... I, I never did it for England in a test match. I didn't ever do it in international cricket. It'd be very rare it happened. County cricket, a lot. Well, in the first couple of years of my Oasis career, 96, 97, this was just before the professional era really took off. You'd regularly pack your car, and this is before the smoking ban in nightclubs and pubs as well, so if you went out, you stank. 
you'd have four sets of going out kit put in your car yeah. before you had your cricket every time. kit. Before <laughs> every you time. packed your cricket bag. Yeah. You'd, you'd, sure, you'd, yeah. the, you'd be driving and right behind you just yeah. hanging up your four, four rim is there all shirts. <laughs> white, all white, pristine yeah. iron. White jeans, one pair of white yeah. jeans, yeah. slip on Patrick Cox. Yeah. <laughs> and you're there. And then you pack your kit after. Yeah. And you go, yeah, I got my, got my going out gear ready. <laughs> oh yeah, I've got to get my yeah, white I pads, forgot, my blue pads. I forgot my pads, but it doesn't matter. I've got my kickers. Uh, right, last one, Teflon. Teflon is uh, non-stick, like non-stick yeah. uh, fans, hands. but for goalkeepers who can't catch for Teflon. My favourite term for that as well, Tim Zora, who was the keeper, Aussie keeper in about 1987, one of the uh, people wrote, pressed once wrote about him in a paper saying he was like a sleeping policeman. So he slowed the ball down but didn't actually stop it, which is quite a nice way of saying shit. <laughs> Right, so there you go. That's Urban oh, no, Pictionary. Oh, no. Come on, Swanee. Come on, Swanee. Come on, Swanee. Uh, right, we are out of time for today's oh. show, but thank you to O.A. Oh, right. Shah. Amazing, oh, guest, today. Amazing guest today. Amazing guest Thanks for having me. Stories. Thanks, man. Um, I told you it'd be good. Ne- I told you it'd be good. Next week, do you know who we got next week? Who? Jamaica Olympic sprinter. Johan Blake. Have we really? Yeah. Oh, Johan well. Blake is He got me out first show. ball. There you go. Okay. Uh, right. Thank you for watching and listening, of course. Um, enjoy this week's games. Don't forget House of Rugby and TKO this week. We'll see you in seven days' time. Bye bye. You've been listening to Swanee's Cricket Show on Joe. Together with Rubicon.